We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Radio, brought by the Blue Wire Network, and the services of AT&T not working as we're talking. <laughs> um, you know, we're from the past, so uh, I'm guessing AT&T has figured it out by the time you're listening to this. If not, you might not be able to listen to it, because you don't have any service. Um, but, in the meantime, uh, nothing's in the books, or, you know, we're, we're chugging along into the off-season. Dan, uh, how was your breakfast meeting? Uh, it was good. Uh, you know, get get some things figured out, and uh, come up with fun ideas. So my my brain's already churning, and I would assume this is going to be the best podcast yet. Oh, you know that's that's what I always say. Best podcast. You know, we've done about like six hundred of these. <laughs> Each one has been better than the last. True, uh, except for the tight end episodes. Get rid of those. <laughs> Don't worry, that's coming in a few months. Um, so last week we talked about pending free agents and their values. Will they stay? Will they go? Today, we're going to rapid fire a quick 25 to 30 minute episode and go through the other players on teams that may be impacted by those said players staying and or going. So quarterback is obviously a little bit of a tricky one here. So we only have one that I think has a kind of quote unquote major free agency implications from a non they aren't the free agent perspective. First one, and it's Kenny Pickett. Um, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. Everything in the media seems to say the Steelers um, are heading into 2024 with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph in like a quarterback battle. Uh, One problem with that, Mason Rudolph is not currently on the Steelers. Um, I don't think that Mason Rudolph is a very difficult quarterback for the Steelers to sign. But do you see an unsigned Mason Rudolph a obstacle in the fact that it's supposed to be a Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph quarterback competition. And if it isn't, is there any other competition you see coming in for, for Kenny Pickett? Well, you know, I would say if, if the Steelers were picking earlier, that quarterback would be a very real option. And at 20, you know, I mean, like Michael Penix could potentially be an option. However, this team has so many spots, especially, especially on, 
you know, like the defensive side that I know they always like to lean heavy defense. We, we see a lot of these uh, wide receivers being drafted, especially in the second round by them, second, third, fourth. And they tend to work out at a, at a pretty rapid pace, but I, I think, I think they would be probably not in their best. I mean, obviously we don't think Kenny Pickett is very good. Mason Rudolph isn't good. We do know that. Uh, I think they'd be hard pressed to move on from him unless they are fully out and they want to pay his, his overdrafted rookie wage for free, essentially, because he won't be playing for them if they draft a quarterback here. Or maybe they love one of these more mid-tier guys. They get him at 20, and Pickett is the bridge to the rookie quarterback for 2025. So I think the most likely scenario here is Pickett, a rookie, and maybe a a third-string veteran that just kind of rides the pine or holds you, the clipboard. You, you don't you don't see them bringing Rudolph, or are you saying he's the third-string guy? He, he could be, because he is that veteran presence at this stage. And obviously he knows the Tomlin playbook, et cetera, et cetera. Right, so he could be beneficial in that capacity. This could be, you know, Kenny Pickett's third season, so maybe they see some kind of progress with him. Maybe they just want to try to give him an actual full season a, with weapons, B, with a defense that's healthy and replenished through the draft. Picking at 20, they're going to be able to find somebody on the defensive side of the ball. I can't imagine they're going to get any real playmakers. You know, neighbors and, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers, all going to be gone at that stage. They don't need really – I mean, they, you can always use more pass catchers. But with Najee, you know, they're, they're, their skill positions are okay offensively. This is just a team that's, you know, because of Tomlin, a defensive-minded team. So if they can get Kenny Pickett to manage football games and let their defense win them, that's kind of the Steelers' football. I mean, they don't have Big Ben anymore. They're not lighting up offenses. And even with with Big Ben, they still had really good defenses for the most part. So I think that they will stick with Kenny Pickett for one more year unless one of these guys slides to them. For whatever reason, if J.J. McCarthy slides in this process and he's at 20 – I could see him being there. I don't think that'll happen. Um, and maybe they look at quarterback later on in the draft. Maybe Bo Nix is an option. Maybe maybe one of these other names happens to be that guy for them where they look a little bit deeper in rather than overpaying potentially for another mid-level guy or a bad one like they did with Kenny Pickett. Just because it, it is technically a need, I just don't see them moving on because of the rest of the roster. Yeah. From a fantasy dynasty perspective, I'm not totally out on Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's good in any capacity, shape, or form, but I think that he might be good enough that he is like, you know, a l- slightly lower than like quarterback purgatory. Like a guy who is like just good enough to keep the job for a couple more years, especially with the weapons around him. They have good weapons with Jalen Warren sh- showed something. You got to Johnson, you know, as a, a uh, controversial guy in, in the fantasy sphere, but he is putting up numbers at the NFL level. George Pickens had a, a very good year. So I think that the only obstacle from Kenny Pickett, unfortunately, is that if if and when they do sign Mason Rudolph, he, Rudolph did play better than him in 2023, which may theoretically be a death knell for one Kenny Pickett. But you know me, draft capital, draft capital, draft capital, free guy, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm not out on Kenny Pickett, um, so I'm, you know, I, I put some feelers at it at his current price of basically like probably an, what an early third round pick in Superflex. 
I think you're still going to have to give a second to try to get him, even though his future is in question. He's still going to more than likely be a starting quarterback. So spending less less than a second is probably not going to happen unless it's your Joe Flacco types. If it's your, I mean, there, there's so many other names you could throw into the bucket of guys that are going to be playing potentially that are going to cost that third round price tag. I just think because Kenny Pickett is still young and he is probably the starter for 24. And if he has a good year, maybe they don't move on, you know, but I, I still don't think he's the best, but he's going to be in their game managing for them. Most likely. All right, let's move on to the running back position. I guess some interesting names with RB twos, RB one B's potentially leaving the backfield um, or one A's leaving the backfield. Our first example Ty J. Spears. I think we hit on a little bit. We both predicted that Derrick Henry is G-O-N-E gone from Tennessee Titans. Um, so Ty J. Spears, before we put rookies into the fold, which I, I think this year actually doesn't matter that much for the top 20, but before we put rookies in the fold, Ty J. Spears is coming in around RB 18 to 20 range at ADP slash rankings. Uh, do we think that uh, the Titans sign a significant RB? Do they dip back into the RB pool on day two, early day three? What do we see as the the backfield partner if there is one for for Tyson Spears? Yeah, I can't I can't see a world where Derrick Henry is back unless he's taking a significant discount to stay quote unquote at home. I think uh, there are enough potential free agent running backs where they could look if any of these guys are willing to take like a prove it one year deal. But you know if if they go back to the well like they did with with, with Tyson bringing him in, I I don't think he's really going to be your your workhorse back, they're going to be looking, in my mind, somebody to work with him to potentially be the 1A to his 1B. And there's a couple of good backs. I mean, you look at Jonathan Brooks, do they spend high enough to get him at early two? I would imagine he's still probably going to be up there. Uh, your Trey Benson's out of Florida State. Blake Corum's another big name we keep hearing about. He could work, he could pair well with Tajay. Uh, I think they go to the rookie well, and it could potentially be nice where I don't know that we're going to get two running backs performing super well and being fantasy relevant, but I do think that Ty J is going to have a role in that offense. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I know you've been a Ty J guy, but he's proven at least a little bit that he can perform. So if it is his backfield, I mean, his, his price should go up a decent amount, but now would be the time to buy before any changes are made. If you can get in at kind of a, a risk adverse price. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he does have a variant price. I think it's probably very unlikely. He stays that RB 18 tag. I think if the Titans do minimal to nothing in the backfield, he goes up into like the RB like 13 to 15 range. And I think if they do something significant, he could drop all the way down to like 20 to 30 range. Yep. All right, let's move on to Aaron Jones, longtime dependable running back for most of his career has been paired with one A.J. Dillon. Uh, you know, pretty much all of A.J. Dillon's career, it was, okay, let's wait until Aaron Jones is gone. Wait until Aaron Jones is gone. Wait until Aaron Jones is gone. <laughs> Guess what? Aaron Jones signed the long-term deal, so now it might be A.J. Dillon, the one that, that is gone. So where are we at with this Packers backfield? Do we see Aaron Jones as a lone back type guy in an A.J. Dillon-less world? They sign a similar level backup. Uh, similar level or worse backup, or do they go back to the rookie well? They also have um, oh, what's his name? Uh, they they did have a a rookie I know that they like that was like an undrafted guy, um, Cedric something if I'm recalling. Um, but I'll, I'll find it after I'm, after I'm done talking. But I know that they had a rookie that they liked. Um, do they roll with him going into year two? 
What, what do you think of the RB2 situation in Green Bay, and how, how does it help uh, Aaron Jones? Well, I, I think, yeah, obviously, with Aaron Jones being back, that that solidifies A.J. Dillon more than likely being gone. Uh, as, as much as we loved uh, A.J. Dillon, I just don't see a world where he is – he is, you know, that that guy for them again. Uh, you know, move, move on from what potentially was a mistake. I don't know that he was really healthy at all this year. Didn't look like the same guy, uh, and neither did Aaron Jones, to be to be quite frank. So, um, you know, they they do have a couple of bodies. You you you've got uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Wilson. Emmanuel Wilson was the one. Uh, Patrick Taylor, who I think has been there for a few years, but. Is that really the answer to spell Aaron Jones? That's up to the Green Bay Packers to decide. I think you still see them potentially going back to the well. Uh, but this should boost Aaron Jones, even though he's it's going to be, what, his eighth, ninth season, something like that, uh, to be a 30-year-old running back. So if you're buying Aaron Jones, it's going to be for points. You're not buying him for dynasty value. So keep that in mind if you are indeed in the market for a running back. Make sure you're buying properly. Again, this is probably somebody you could get for uh, an early two. You, you can't be spending first-round picks on 30-year-old running backs, uh, but that is going to be point value. So treat him as a redraft asset, if you will. And, and it is, and he is in an offense that he is like the clear veteran of, right. and also that I think that the, the price of the Green Bay Packers offense, it. Ever since basically like late season into the playoffs, obviously the big win over, over the, the Cowboys almost beating the Niners. I think that with with that, the Packers offense is only getting more expensive, and Aaron Jones, uh, assuming they don't invest in an RB2, is only part of that. Absolutely, and I know it wasn't part of our of our docket here, but the wide receiver room is getting a little bit crowded. Is, is this something where all of a sudden – Christian Watson, because they're going to have to pay him, becomes expendable. We know that they love Jaden Reed. We've seen what Dontavian Wicks can do. We we know that those two as a one-two punch has been pretty productive. And, I mean, they've looked really good doing it. And let's not forget about Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, added into this equation, brings them their, their kind of Randall Cobb-esque guy. So... You now have four wide receivers, including Christian Watson, when healthy, that are all good wide receivers. That wide receiver room is really impressive. Now, they still haven't really found their footing in the tight end space that they've tried so desperately to do. We don't know enough about their young guys yet. But if one of those guys becomes a, a part of the offense in a, a more sustainable fashion, is one of these, A, going to be second-year wide receivers expendable, or do they move on from Christian Watson before they have to pay him? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Christian Watson has shown anything to get, quote-unquote, paid yet, other than, you know, getting, you know, a second contract. But, yeah, I, I do think that there's definitely some variability in that wide receiver core. Um, I still like pretty much all of them, Watson being the least from a, pi- a price perspective, because he's probably still the most expensive. And I don't know if that's the case when you have Dante Tavion Wicks there. So, yeah, I, I think that Aaron Jones is a very solid veteran buy at, at this stage. I don't think that the Packers bring in anything that makes him not the RB1. So, really, there's not a ton of risk there as opposed to some of the other guys we'll talk about today can get dwarfed. very like, Theoretically, if the Titans go another day to RB, Ty J. Spears might just 
be another god. Um, yeah. I don't, it might not be likely, but there's not really any scenario I see where Aaron Jones is RB2 on the Packers depth chart. I agree. I agree. They they bringing him back because he knows the offense and he he can be that guy. We've seen it time and time again. If he's healthy, he can be an RB one in the NFL. And he's, in his, from a price perspective, RB twenty nine before rookies come in. So once rookies come in, he's gonna be like RB thirty five, thirty six. Yeah. Um, let's go on to a quick snippet with the Philadelphia Eagles. There, uh, two of their running backs, uh, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Not that he did anything in twenty twenty three, are free agents. Does Kenneth Gainwell have any NFL RB1 upside, or is he destined to be supplanted even if Swift walks? Well, the one thing we know about Gainwell is that the Eagles like him. Uh, that that has been evident, whether it's been in a backup role, in a starting role. Uh, he He's sticking for whatever reason. So, yeah, Swift is gone. Uh, Penny didn't really matter. But you you also still have Boston Scott. Uh, so maybe that is their one-two punch and they just continue to lean on the legs of Jalen Hurts and those pass catchers because when you have two elite wide receivers and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, plus you have Dallas Goddard, do you really need that high-end running back when you have arguably the, the one of the best, maybe top two or three running quarterbacks in the league that's going to eat all of that production anyways? I think they loved having the luxury of DeAndre Swift. But he was just a luxury. He wasn't a cornerstone of that offense. They have the cornerstones of the offense. So, again, another team that I think is going to be looking to fill more holes, potentially defensively, uh, along that offensive line as that line is starting to age out. We don't know what uh, Kelsey's future is going to look like, Lane Johnson. They could be looking to backfill some of those spots as well with a lot of their drafts. So, I do think that they are potentially in line to, if they have the funds for it, bringing in one of the other veteran backs that can just provide a boost to work alongside Gainwell and Scott. But I think they're going to be content with those two just because of the rest of the weapons on that offense. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry is kind of going to be the the main running back that's like looming over a lot of these openings, especially these openings, I think, with teams that are – you know, in contention, I could very easily see Derrick Henry taking a few extra, a few less dollars to sign with a true contender like the Eagles or the Ravens. So that would be an interesting one. I don't know how much uh, Derrick Henry has left on the tires, but that would be an interesting one that there. In terms of Gainwell, if you can sell him at any value, a second run pick or anything like that, with the concept of oh, like he might be the Eagles RB one, I'm selling just because I think that something comes in or Swift stays. Now let's go to the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are both free agents. Keaton Mitchell um, had a major major injury as you and I were uh, were sleeping next to each other. Um, <laughs> uh, but if Keaton Mitchell was able to return early in the season or maybe even a little little bit into the season, is he the Ravens' RB one? Do you see them investing in a Derrick Henry or in the draft? Basically, do we have any hopes for a Keaton Mitchell like legit fantasy weapon season? I don't know about legit fantasy weapon, obviously a part of the offense, probably. Again, though, this is a team that loves to bring in random rookies and make them work. We saw it with Gus Edwards. We saw it with Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Justice Hill has been around. They brought in Dalvin Cook for whatever reason. Uh, so I think they are, again, going to be a team that goes to the rookie well to find one of their guys. Maybe it's day two, day three, and they sign a veteran because – 
yeah, Keaton Mitchell had signs of, of what could be acceptable level of play. I don't think he's going to be any kind of a game changer, but they're, that offense, again, because of your running capacity at running back, you bring in a banger like Gus Edwards again, somebody of that stature, a Derrick Henry. Uh, that, that would be best suited for them. And maybe Gus comes back. He's, he, you know, he's 28, going to be 29 going into his, what, seventh season, eighth season. So as much as you love to see that fresh blood in there, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And Gus has been that constant for them at the position when healthy. Yeah, no, it's more so the unknown of will Gus Edwards return. I, if I were a betting man, I would definitely place a wager on Gus Edwards returning to the Ravens. I don't think yeah. it's any sort of crazy concept. I do think that Dobbins and maybe it has changed with like the 18th injury in his career, but the fact that J.K. Dobbins was like holding out last offseason shows that he doesn't have an accurate depiction of his NFL value. And maybe he doesn't have an accurate depiction of his, of the NFL value of running backs. And he'll find that out through free agency. So, um, I really have no idea what team would sign J.K. Dobbs. Obviously, I do think that he is an NFL running back when healthy, but that really hasn't existed during his NFL career. I agree. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's go to the wide receiver position. We have a few wide receiver uh, rooms, uh, weapon rooms to to break down. We'll start with the Buccaneers. Um, Trey Palmer and Kay Dotton. Uh, these guys seem to be the, the potential beneficiaries from Mike Evans walking. Um, if Mike Evans does walk, 
do you, who do you see as getting the big boost here? I think Chris Goblin is going to get his targets either way. But do you see Palmer getting more deep targets? Do you see Kate Otten getting more of those, you know, you know, third and eight targets? Who is the big beneficiary of a potential Evans walking? Well, I think Trey Palmer benefits greatly because it could thrust him into a wide receiver two role. I will say, though, that if Chris Godwin becomes the alpha in this offense into his prime at 27, 28 years old, uh, you could see a big production boost, even though he's been very productive, without much of a market change on him. Uh, because, yeah, if he's the one, he should go up a little bit. But historically, Chris Godwin has been that name that people have kind of shied away from. He never really got crazy, crazy high because of Mike Evans. And now everyone's going to kind of be, well, it's still Chris Godwin. So he could be a wide receiver one that is actually attainable because it's really difficult to get your hands on the Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chases, the A.J. Browns, the C.D. Lambs. But you're going to get similar production out of Chris Godwin, maybe not at the elite, elite level, but that's going to be a guy that's going to be relatively cheap. So I think if you're if you're looking for another startable body, it's going to be Chris Godwin. And I'm talking overall in the NFL. He's going to be the most attainable potential wide receiver one. And I do think that Trey Palmer gets some benefit from this. But I do think that, again, this is going to be a Bucks team that probably brings in somebody if Evans walks and he, he has no interest of returning, which I think is becoming more and more likely. I just I, I don't see a world where Chris Godwin is supplanted and they can't find somebody better than Trey Palmer. Yeah, I mean, I like Trey Palmer. I think he's a very good NFL wide receiver three. But if Mike Evans does walk, you will not find someone more furiously trying to trade Trey Palmer than me between <laughs> now and the NFL draft because the the Bucks have not spent a a top uh, two day pick on the wide receiver position since Chris Godwin. They're the yeah. last the last time they spent a top two day pick on wide receiver position. And I guarantee you, if Mike Evans walks, they'll be spending a top two day pick on a wide receiver, um, especially with this deep wide receiver class. So um, I like Trey Palmer, but that isn't going to stop their bucks from investing at the wide receiver position early in the draft, uh, whether it be the first, second or third round. So um, yeah, I think Palmer is fine now. I think he's an easy sell if Evans walks. Any hope for Rakeem Jarrett? No. Damn it. <laughs> no, all my Debbie teams uh, have died. Um, <laughs> Next, we'll go to, I think this is kind of an under-talked-about, and maybe it's because he's going to get franchise tag. I haven't heard that specifically. An under-talked-about wide receiver free agency, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, And so the the guy that we'll talk about here is is Josh Downs and potentially Alec Pierce. Um, In a world where Michael Pittman Jr. walks, is Josh Downs an NFL wide receiver one? Is Josh Downs a fantasy wide receiver two? Where do we see Josh Downs, or do we have similar concerns with Anthony Richardson with, or are we needing enough passing volume to Josh Downs and or Alec Pierce? Well, I, I think we're, we would get enough volume for those top two. Uh, I do still think Downs projects exclusively as a wide receiver two in, in an NFL offense. I don't see him really ever as a wide receiver one in the NFL or in fantasy. I think his ceiling is probably that mid to low end wide receiver two in fantasy. Uh, he's good. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him, but he, he's just, he's not that, you know, you're, he's definitely not your prototypical one, but we've seen other guys of smaller stature excel, you know, look at Stefan Diggs, right? So I think Downs is a very good player. I think he's obviously going to have a big role in this offense. But again, if they don't tag Pittman, 
I think it's going to be another team that's looking at, you know, potentially a Higgins or an Evans or one of these other bigger name wide receivers in free agency, or maybe they go back to the pool in the draft that is relatively deep at the position. So I think for all intents and purposes, I think Pittman's back because you want to keep Richardson surrounded by the guys that he knows and is comfortable with. Not to say that a rookie or a veteran couldn't come in and immediately be comfortable. I just, for those young quarterbacks, a big change is never good. So Richardson's going to be healthy, it sounds like. Uh, we saw videos of him throwing and whatnot, and I think he'll continue to produce as a passer and as a thrower. So whoever these top two are, whether it's Pittman and Downs or someone and Downs, I think we're going to see enough volume for them both to be productive. Yeah, for sure. It, it, in a Pittmanless world, is there any hope for, for Alec Pierce, or is he a dud now? No, I still think Alec Pierce is a good enough player where if he can get into the rotation, I don't know that he's ever going to solidify himself as a one, a two, or even like a rock solid three. But if he does have that wide receiver three spot in that offense, even with Jonathan Taylor, you're going to see enough volume where he's absolutely rosterable. And if anybody happens to go down for injury, for whatever reason, whether it's Pittman or Downs, he's immediately going to be thrust into a top two role for an offense that should be producing. All right, I'm going to combine the, the two we've talked about and the, two, the next two we're going to talk about as a little spoiler. Out of these four, which are you taking? Palmer, Pierce, Yoshivas, Shakir. I think it's probably Palmer, just because I, I think he had the best profile out of all of them, even though we didn't get to see a lot of him in, in 2023. I still think he has, A, the highest ceiling, and be potentially the safest floor because he'll be returning to his offense. You know, Khalil Shakir, I think, is more of your niche Swiss Army knife type. Uh, Gabe Davis, sounds like he's going to be gone. We don't know ever what Stefan Diggs' future holds for him. It always seems like he's about to have a mental breakdown. Um, the Bengals, I don't see a world where any you're not having Burrow with two big-time wide receivers. I think they work really hard to bring Higgins back because Boyd's now going to be off the books, so potentially off the books. Yeah, I, I think for me it's Palmer, then Shakir, then Pierce. But Pierce could move into that two spot if he is somehow the wide receiver two in that offense. All right, so it seems like you are not, and I I don't hate that take necessarily, but I think that Pierce has shown very little so far in his NFL career. So there's a chance he might just be a zero. Um, sure. Andre Yoshivas. Um, so we have uh, T. Higgins, free agent, most likely a franchise tag. We'll see if that ends up being in a trade or an extension or either. Uh, Tyler Boyd, free agent, most likely gone unless he's just like, I'll play for the vet minimum. I want to retire as a Bengal. I don't really see that being the case. So I think that Yoshivas show, showed some interesting, interesting things in his rookie season. And we have a wide receiver room in flux. So uh, I I don't think that it's like a, a novel take to be like, oh, he's an interesting guy to, to keep track of. Uh, but I think he's an interesting guy to keep track of. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. I, I mean, he very well could slide into that Tyler Boyd, Boyd role. He's just not going to be a top two option for the Bengals. And maybe you don't need to be. You can still be productive as the three with Joe Burrow, assuming he's healthy. Uh, the chase, obviously, well, no pun intended. The chase here is Jamar Chase. I would assume, like you, that they're probably tagging T. Higgins because I think we all know that they 
like him and that he's very good. Uh, 2023 was an interesting season because he just wasn't healthy. Um, but, you know, Yoshivas could, could be, could be that new number three guy in that offense. All right. We'll wrap up the show today with you hinted at your thoughts on Khalil Khalil Shakir. My thoughts on Khalil Shakir are that if, even if, even in a world where he fills the quote unquote Gabe Davis role, the Gabe Davis role has not been one that has been flush with fantasy value. And I think that if they let Gabe Davis walk, they end up investing a higher pick at the wide receiver position. And also if they don't do that, it ends up being like Dalton Kincaid is a de facto wide receiver two in that offense. So, you know, a lot of these guys, when we're talking about some of these lower end guys that are, you know, day three draft picks that might get elevated by some of their, you know, higher end guys walking uh, in free agency. I think that with Shakir, he is a very easy sell with Gabe Davis walking. I don't, but the real question is, what does that sell mean? Like, is that like 305? Is that like the 310? Like, you know, it's hard to sell a guy like Cleo Shakir because like you're not getting a second for him. And then like, how valuable is the 308? Well, it's going to be as valuable as Khalil Shakir. It, you can replace him with him uh, effectively. So if you have faith in him being a part, a bigger part of the Bills offense and having some more of that best ball value, I think he's probably just a hold. Now, if for whatever reason they don't bring any substantial names or draft capital into this room, which they probably should, maybe his price does go up and then he becomes a sell. Because, again, I don't see him as a big-time producer. I see him as a best ball asset where he'll have two, three, four big games, uh, especially if Gabe Davis is gone. And that's probably it. There is no floor for someone like Khalil Shakir, unfortunately. It'd be fun if there was because he is kind of that explosive playmaker type, as Gabe Davis was. But it's so few and far in between, even when you have the big arm and the big playmaking ability in that Bills offense, to want anything but Stefan Diggs unless they spend draft capital on one of these higher-end wide receivers in this class or they bring somebody in uh you know, from from the free agent class, I don't really see any big names that make a ton of sense, especially when you're paying Stefan Diggs so much that, you know, I, I don't I don't see them going the veteran route here. I think it'll probably be out of the rookie class. Yep, for sure. Makes sense. Any last words, guys that might benefit or get hurt by the uh, incoming free agent class? Well, the running back scene is going to be weird. Uh, I don't think wide receiver is really going to change much. I think, you know, Evans walking is is going to affect somebody's wide receiver room. But if it's the Chiefs, well, that doesn't affect anybody because they don't have any wide receivers. And, you know, guys like Higgins, if he walks, that could be a huge curveball into any wide receiver room, depending on where he goes. But if he goes to the Panthers, I think the Panthers are the favorite to land him in unless they just decide they, they... – they don't have the draft capital for him. Um, but giving T Higgins to Bryce Young would be potentially the only way to save that situation. Most likely, yeah. I think you would see Higgins go more to one of those young building offenses that needs that alpha presence because, you know, Panthers got rid of DJ Moore. So they're definitely in line to try to find one of these bigger names, one of these higher end guys. And they, you know, they don't have the draft capital because they spent it to get Bryce Young. So they can't really focus on one of these wide receivers they, in the class. But they they do have the 33rd pick. So that that pick could True. easily be like whether you want to give up the 33rd pick to pay T Higgins is a different question, but they do have that and that's a very useful tool and that could 
you know, land a bunch of different wide receivers, whether it be through a trade or through actually just drafting, you know, a guy like Brian Thomas Jr. Sure. Yeah. And, and that would make sense as well. Um, I think that's a team that could use some solidified yeah, skill rather than some potential skill. Yeah, because the, the quote-unquote potential skill of Jonathan Mingo was a D-I-S-A-S-T-E-R disaster uh, with Bryce Young last year. Yeah, that was uh, not great. And Bryce Young didn't help himself at all, but, you know, that, that team was also completely barren of true assets. Adam Thielen had a nice season, but we kind of expected that because he's always just been that grinder. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see that. That's going to be an interesting one to follow. I think T. Higgins, like you said, makes a lot of sense there. They're going to push to get him. Uh, and maybe that 33rd pick can land them a trade. Uh, maybe it's something for Michael Pittman or, or whatever it happens to be. There's, there's going to be some expendable wide receivers here and there, especially with a big class incoming where if people don't want to pay guys, they're going to ship them to teams that have the capacity to pay them. And the Panthers are one of those teams. For sure. And obviously Dave Canales, you know, Dave Canales just went from having Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, and company to, Literally nothing. So he's definitely <laughs> going to want to try and add to that wide receiver room around Bryce Young. Um, but, yeah, that's what we have for today. Any last words, Dan? No, it's a good episode. That should do it for this week. It's the six, uh, you know, the best out of the last 600. And we'll uh, make sure to subscribe to Rotoviz, RV Radio 2024, 10% discount, sports podcast. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Ta-da!